the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. You're very welcome back to The Hard Shoulder and I am delighted to be joined for the Thursday interview by somebody who continues to pursue the lofty dream, literally lofty, of getting into space. Dr. Neve Shaw of the International Space University in Strasbourg. You're very welcome to the show. Neve. how are you? I'm good, Kieran. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. I mean, I don't want to uh, uh, sound offensive straight off the gap. How, how realistic is it you're going to get into space? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think you need to have buckets of money these days, to be honest, it would be an awful lot easier, you know. What, what I'm focusing on really is the work that I that I do in terms of trying to communicate space. And it's about playing the long game, really, to see when the day comes that they kind of send space reporters to, um, you know, to review different activities that are happening uh, in an orbit around Earth that I want to be on that list. So it's it, to me, it's never been about the time, because if, if it was, ah, I don't know how realistic that would be, you know. So so what it does is it kind of feeds me to keep working and to keep reporting and to keep on this kind of journey of having adventures um, across the planet and in the hope that one day I will be good enough to be uh, brought up there or that a philanthropist or, or some millionaire will kind of take it upon themselves mm. and say, we have to help this girl get up to space. So it's those two things. So, so realistically... Timelines are always unrealistic in space ventures, so I guess I'm throwing myself in that pot. So, uh, good enough when you say uh, to be good enough to get up there. Good enough at what? Under what guise would you be going into space? As a as a sort of a reporter, as a writer, as a sort of a communicator, you know that that's really the that's really the strategy, and that's what I've always been doing. You know, is like. Um, going to different places um, having experiences or being a, 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 a reporter for um, different news groups. That's sort of the strategy. And I mean, is, w- would it be the culmination of a lifelong dream? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's always been there. Um, what was interesting, what was interesting, what happened to me in, in my life was that um you know, I, I had studied engineering and I did a master's in engineering and then I, I, I did a PhD in science and I was on this kind of academic route and, and I realised like it really wasn't my passion and something that I'd always had in my life was was performing. And the weird thing was, was when I started bringing the two of them together, the memory of how big space was as a child growing up kind of came back and... I made a theatre show about space, thinking that it was just going to be a theatre show about space. And it ended up being this, this real reality for me that this is, this is a really big part of what kind of drives me and kind of gets me excited about the world and about science and engineering. And it, it started as, well, look at your, as an experiment, why don't I see what happens if I kind of say to the world that I want to go to space? Let's, let's start this as sort of an artistic experiment. That was a, that was a theatre show in 2014. And, and I think I thought that it would just go away by giving it a little bit of breathing space or, mm. you know, because like I also wanted to be a ballerina, say, for instance. And when I took ballet class, <laughs> it was sort of like, yeah, yeah, I've taken that. That's fine. But this but the space thing just took off. And I felt I'd kind of found a community of people that were sort of they were sort of they, they thought the same way as me and they were big big thinkers and and dreamers and it's 
just started kind of getting bigger and bigger. And I attended the um, the Space Studies Program, which is run by the International Space University. And, and then I was in a room with people who who were all genuinely um, the same as me, who, who wanted to go to space. And it wasn't some sort of lofty dream. They were all trying to pursue it in their own unique way, whether they were geologists specializing uh, on Mars or astrobiologists who were going to extreme environments around the world, looking for uh, any form of life in the extremes. And, and that happened to include kind of planets and celestial bodies in our, in our, you know, in our solar system. So I kind of went, oh, okay. And, and they really got the fact that I was this creative and technical person and really brought me into the fold and, and encouraged me to start describing uh, what space is like uh, through, you know, kind of a human story. And, mm. and, and that's kind of it really, you know. And then I think once you get encouragement like that, you're kind of going, okay, this isn't, this isn't pie in the sky and it makes me really happy. And I'm, I'm acknowledging the fact that this is the one thing that I, I think I'm most passionate about in life. So why not just kind of divert just slightly in that yeah. direction and see what happens? And it, 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 it kind of just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It, 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 look, it's, it's obvious listening to you that, that it is your great passion. But why is it? Why do you want to go to space? Um, it's it's about telling that story. To be quite honest with you, it's not about going. It's about it's about going and coming back, and it's about meeting people before I go, and about talking to people when I come back. So it's it's not the act anymore of like, oh, you know, it's it, it's this single experience. It's it's kind of uh, gathering a sort of a community around me beforehand who I've engaged with and kind of told about, like, this is my understanding of space. This is what I've experienced so far. These are some of the people that I've met. These are some of the stories. These are some of the activities. You know, um, space is incredibly hard. It's incredibly dangerous. We take it for granted because we see so many people going up every couple of months to the International Space Station. So what would happen if you saw someone who you had a conversation with do it? How how would that feel uh, watching it? Does it make it more real? Does it make you understand how uh, humans are born for this planet? You know, so it's that it's 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 the ability to have the experience to equip myself to have those kind of conversations, because the more I've been looking at space as a topic, the more I'm blown over by it happens because of this shared passion that people have for space. And the more I've been uh, studying that and talking to people, the more I appreciate how incredibly dangerous it is mm. and how we take for granted that we have everything we could possibly want to survive. Like oxygen, we have this atmosphere around us all the time that provides us with oxygen. And that same atmosphere protects us from you know all sorts of objects that kind of fly by earth and could just drop down but atmosphere kind of pushes them out that um you know we have gravity that makes life really simple that we can walk around um you know we have every resource that we could possibly need like water and food and so for every second that a human is lifted off this planet it's um incredibly dangerous and thousands of people and thousands of minds over the years have come up with ways of providing oxygen for them for making them feel like the international space station is a safe place to live and to be able to work in 
in the absence of gravity, in the absence of oxygen, that just like a you know a few a few centimeters of 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 metal protects it protects them mm-hmm. and all the equipment inside from the harsh extremes of, of space that has zero tolerance for you know for human flesh. Like we have to be put in this really pressurized spacesuit to survive. That moment to moment that that so what how would I cope <laughs> like that? How, you know, am I all talk? Would I be terrified? Would I be vomiting? Would I be scared? You know, I want to know what would happen to me for that. But then also, you know, to kind of come back and say, I was terrified. I was scared. I was vomiting. You know, going to the toilet is really hard, you know, so that it it makes that notion of putting a person in space more tangible and makes us appreciate, appreciate our planet and what we have, but also appreciate how mad it is that humans kind of put themselves in such dangerous places in order to keep innovating and uh, you know mm. develop new economies but also that we have this innate need to want to explore and we always have that's uh, why uh, Dr. Neve Shaw is my guest in the Thursday interview if you're just joining us do you suspect you would be scared? Oh yeah oh god yeah absolutely so that's my challenge. Like, how do I, how would I cope? Would I cope? You know, because I don't want to be a liability mm. if that ever happened, you know. Um, but of course I'm scared. And I, I've been very lucky to to speak to um, some astronauts, you know, and they're, they are astronauts because they have this ability to always put the needs of the mission before themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, they're, they're hardy people. They're far hardier than I am. And that's why they are astronauts. You know, like from every, they're very aware that they've been given this privilege to, uh, you know, to spend a couple of months on the International Space Station or whatever length their mission is. And that there are a lot of people relying on them to stick to the routine. There are hundreds of experiments that, are, that they're conducting every day, experiments that took years to be uh, to be given the opportunity to get up on the International Space Station. They're extremely expensive, so they never want to make a mistake, and they hate it when they when they do something wrong because they know they know that they're kind of they've kind of set a lot of people back if they don't do it right. Yeah. So they're very committed, and they work late. They work on their breaks and everything to stay on top of their schedule. So that that takes a certain kind of person. I don't believe I'm that kind of person because if I was, I would be, you know, I probably would have, would have, probably would have had the, the self-belief at a young age to pursue that goal to be an astronaut, but, but I don't. So I don't believe uh, I have those skills. So I'm really curious to see what an everyday human being would do in those circumstances. And can you do it? And can you adapt? And uh, yeah. And what's it like in my body? Mm. And and then to deliberate on that and then to come back down and kind of share that experience. I think that would be, I think that would have a huge value. It, it, it's such a unique dream to pursue that or maybe it's not a unique dream to have. It's probably, it's, it's kind of, I, yeah. it's a dream that everyone probably on some level has and certainly yeah. has at some point. But to pursue it, I think is, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure sacrifices have been made, personal sacrifices by you along the way. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of influenced my life. Like, so I did a, a simulated Mars mission in 2017 and it was for the, for the first time ever I understood the, the value of water. You know, if you've got to count water, 
you it, it it takes on a whole other meaning. You know, if you can't just like turn on the tap and glug back liters of water if you're thirsty, that you have to kind of make sure that there's enough there for the rest of the day for everybody else. It makes you really see things differently. And just even pretending that I wasn't on Earth so that every time I went outside, I had to wear this fake spacesuit and that we had a, a ration of water and a ration of food. I came back to Earth and I walked into my apartment and I saw all this stuff that I hadn't even thought about for two weeks. And I, and I saw this huge living space that I didn't really need because I'd been in kind of very cramped quarters. Um, it really made me think, do I need all this stuff? Like, and I realized that I didn't. So I started downsizing and um, gave away my car and gave my books to um, to different people and to, and to different school libraries. And, uh, and now I have a very small unit in, of storage items that are mainly files and just a few personal items. And I moved to Strasbourg last year to the International Space University with two suitcases and my camera and any tech equipment. But other than that, I have no, no possessions. Mm. And that's a huge sacrifice. And I wanted to do it to see how... How, how well can we live minimally? Like how small can I make my footprint uh, in terms of um, stuff that, that, that I can kind of positively contribute to the planet in terms of my effort to be more sustainable? And that, yeah. that, that's what that was about. But I never really thought about climate change or the planet or anything until I did that. So what I have discovered about my desire to go to space is that it's made me more in love with my planet and more determined to kind of connect all the things and technologies that we've discovered to survive in space and bring them back to make smarter homes for everyday people not just wealthy people but people that are kind of climate conscious like kind of put 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 pressure on on um you know on governments and uh, and and local governments about mm. like their housing systems and stuff that you know it's much easier to live sustainably if we have all this amazing technology available to us that they use in space you know to filter water or to yes. uh you know to maximize space because because uh, so, that, that's what so, i was going to ask you about it because you know there's people listening and whenever yeah. they listen to this type of conversation they kind of shrug and they think what's the point like wh- wh- why why go there cost so much money it uses so many resources uh, we're not just better off kind of direct our attention at, at matters domestic as it were you see, I, do, I, I think it does. I think it does actually help us deal with matters more domestic. I mean, mm. a lot of innovations that we have now on Earth have come from kind of really scratching your heads and trying to think about, you know, how do we keep an astronaut um, safe in space? So you have lots of um, lots of things that have come from um, space activities on a simplest scale. Uh, sunglasses, um, you have those, uh, you know, those kind of aluminium foil blankets that they use after marathons. Mm. Uh, really good air, air filtration systems, water filtration systems for third world countries. That's all come out of um, space exploration. MRI scans, uh, uh, powdered food, uh, baby formula, um, oh, all sorts of new innovations in, in food systems, uh, hydrated food systems, so many things. Um uh different types of technologies that go into runners and sneakers um memory foam um i could go on and on because they have been they have been innovations uh for 
uh, you know, keeping our astronauts safe or making them more comfortable that somebody has gone, hang on a second, mm. this is an application down on Earth. So from an industry section, you have that. But also, I really think, like, astronauts will tell you, and this is this is kind of my selfish need to go to space, is that they all talk about this uh, moment that they have when they see the Earth from space. This They call it the overview effect. And all of them, regardless of their spiritual beliefs, will talk to you about this, this feeling that they have this deep connection with the planet. And I asked, I asked somebody once, I asked Nicole Stott once, is it kind of like the way when you have a child that you just feel this innate connection or, or, or a niece or a nephew? And she said, yeah, that's probably the closest thing to it, that you just know you belong from here. You just know that we came from there. And, and then... When we zoom out that far, you don't see towns or countries or any of these lines that we define uh, that seem really important here, you know, whether it's the Brexit line between North and South Ireland or, uh, you know, or whether it's, it's um, you know, lines of, of warring factions. You just don't mm. see them from space. You don't, you realise like that we're humans and we're absolutely incredibly tiny. We're probably, whether we like it or not, we're probably parasites of this planet, but this planet gives us everything we could possibly want. And we kind of take it for granted every day we're alive. So when you step off the planet and you see that, that becomes really, really clear to them. And a lot of astronauts will come back and they're they're hugely driven to try and share that mm. message. It's a difficult message for them to share because as astronauts, they're these amazing people and they're heroes. And the second they go into a room, people get really excited to see them. So if an everyday average person were to experience that, who doesn't create that kind of hype, can that message be delivered more clearly? And can it be heard more clearly? If it's somebody that you've already met, somebody that you feel you already know, because it doesn't become more tangible. That's the that's the selfish reason yeah. why I want to go, Kieran. Well, well, I, I, I said it already. I'll say it again. I mean, the passion is obvious, and it's, it's great to hear somebody <laughs> so passionate uh, uh, yeah. uh, in the pursuance of 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 a dream or of a goal. I mean, in terms of that pursuance, what's on the agenda? What are you up to now? Well, I'm starting to work more and more with um, with other uh, companies and, and agencies in in sharing their message of space. So it's been I got a media I got a media visa there to the United States um, in October to cover the last launch of our European astronaut Matthias Maurer. And so um, I'm I'm in the states at the moment. I'm waiting for Artemis to to launch really. So Artemis is the next program to return to the moon. And so um, they're due to have a very important rehearsal in the next couple of weeks um, to check that everything's okay. And then usually about two weeks later, they'll go for launch. So um, I'm going to be covering that. And I'm off to Canada next week to work with a company up there to um, with very similar values and stuff. So I'm working with them on sharing their message. So I'm trying to expand beyond Ireland to bring information back to Ireland. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm making connections uh, across Europe and, and here in the States at the moment where I am and, and Canada to kind of, make people get to know me more and for them to know what I do so that collectively, as I say, when the day comes and they want kind of space reporters or communicators to go up to places like the International Space Station or to try out launches of different things, there'll be a list <laughs> and I hope I'll be top of that list. Well, we hope, we, we hope you are uh, you are there, there on top of that list. Neve, an absolute here. pleasure. Thanks a million for joining us. Okay, thanks.
Dr. Nishaw of the International Space University in Strasbourg. Like I say, it is great to hear somebody uh, with such passion. Nice way to uh, finish the show today on an upbeat note. Uh, off the ball, as always, they're up next and I'll be back tomorrow from four. Have a good one, folks. 